Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. What do you want to do with your life? Are you listening to me? What do you think about him? Wow, y'all awake yet? I want to talk about this guy. Because this guy is the guy that we face every day of our lives. He is the voice of accusation. He's the voice of discouragement and negativity. And no matter how much you do for the Lord, in his eyes, it ain't ever enough. I call him the calling killer. He is a critical inner voice that is a well-integrated pattern of destructive thoughts towards ourselves and towards others. The nagging and thundering voices or thoughts that make up this internal dialogue are at the root of, the, of our destructive behavior and they prevent us from making the necessary adjustments that we need to make to grow. Make no mistake, these nagging voices are the voice of the enemy. He is sent to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And... Um, he, is, he operates in lies and discouragement and fear and accusation in smoke and mirrors. He is a deceiver and he is a liar. He is an internal enemy. The battlefield is where, y'all? It's in our mind. He wants to affect every area of our lives, our self-esteem, our confidence, our personal and intimate relationships our performance and accomplishments at school and at work. But most of all, he wants to discourage you from pursuing your passion, your purpose, and your calling. Amen? Amen. Come on, give me some, give me some love there, Frenchie. We're not going to give this dude here any credit, okay? We're giving all the credit to the Holy Spirit. Some common things and some common voices that we hear from him about ourselves you might hear, you're stupid, you're not attractive, you're not like other people. People don't like you. These are the voices of the enemy. You'll never be successful. No one appreciates how hard you work. You're under too much stress, too much pressure, and you just can't handle all this stress. And the one that I hear on a daily basis, you will fail. You will fail. Anybody else in here besides me hearing voices? <laughs> I wouldn't admit that to just anybody. But uh, we all hear those voices, y'all. That's right. We do. And then it, it, you may hear um, she, he or she really doesn't care about you. You're better off on your own. Don't be vulnerable. You'll just get hurt. How many of y'all have heard those voices about your mate? Then comes the accusations. You could never lead a community group. How many of you heard that? You don't know the Bible well enough to share your testimony or give a witness of, of who you are in Christ. You don't have a purpose or a calling for your life. These are the voices that we hear. That critical inner voice is Satan's way of stopping you and I dead in our tracks. Amen? But I got some good news, y'all. Everybody wants to hear some good news this morning? 
How about 2 Corinthians 10.5? We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So Paul is using military terminology here to describe this warfare against sin and against Satan. God must be the commander-in-chief, and we have to submit everything to him. Even our thoughts must be totally and completely submitted to his control as we live for him. Because, guys, we are in a war. We are in a war. I want you all to repeat after me. We are in a war. You got to keep that in your mind because the devil, he don't sleep. You hear him? You're sleeping and thinking everything's fine, and he's attacking you in your mind while you sleep. He's attacking you in your mind while you work. He's attacking you in your mind while you sit in church. So we got to know that we're in a war. And in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, you got to be able to put your armor on every day or you will be beat up and wounded all the time. How many of you guys know what your spiritual armor is? Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You girt your loins with the belt of truth. Guard your heart with the breastplate of righteousness. Guard your head with the helmet of salvation. In one hand, we have the sword of the spirit. In the other hand, we have the shield of faith. We extinguish all the fiery darts of the enemy. And then we stand against the powers and the principalities of darkness. Promise you guys, you, do, you better memorize that. Every day, you, that's the first thing you need to do when you get out of bed is put your spiritual armor on. Why? Because we are in a Amen. Now that we've settled to that fact, let me pray for y'all. So, Lord God, I just come before you today, Lord, and I want to thank you, Lord, for these blood-bought believers that are in this place, God. God, I pray that you'd begin to show them who they are in you, Lord. Show them, Lord, the power that they possess by the power of your Holy Spirit in their lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to show them how to put their armor on and show them how to take every thought captive, Lord God. And Lord, I pray as we talk about calling today, Lord, that you, Lord, would fill them up with a fresh new filling and a fresh new anointing of your Holy Spirit to lead them into their calling where they can prosper and be all you've called them to be, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, we're finna get down to it. So do you know that you have a calling? Instead of, what are you going to do with your life? What if I rephrase that and says, do you want to know what to do with your life? That's what we're going to look at today. So what is a calling? I'm glad you asked because uh, a calling is a vocation or a way of life that you believe comes from God through the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Your true calling is often referred to as your inner calling. And your, your primary, and, and we must be called to someone, not something, and that is be called to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our primary calling is our true calling, and it is the inner feeling that drives the passion for our purpose. So before we're called to something, we have to be called to someone, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. So he has called us to be in fellowship with him. Can everybody say fellowship? fellowship? He's called us to be in fellowship with him. Then while you're in fellowship with him, you discover 
through him that your life has direction and purpose. So I know you may be asking some questions. How do I know if I have a calling? Well, in 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. Not because we deserve it, but because this was his plan for us from the beginning of time to show us the grace of Jesus Christ in our lives. So we are called to live a holy life, number one. In Philippians 3, and we want to look at verses 12 and 14 in the Amplified. I like to use the Amplified a lot because it's really wordy and it describes and explains everything really well. If y'all know me, I'm very wordy, and I like to explain things where you get it. You know what I mean? I want you to get it. I want you to get what the Lord's trying to say. So not that I've already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, I know that's right, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on that I may take hold of that perfection for which Jesus Christ took hold of me and made me his own. So, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I've made it my own yet, but the one thing I do, forgetting what lies ahead, behind, and reaching forward to what lies ahead. How many of you guys are stuck in your past? How many of you guys, as much as you want to press forward and move on, you still got this old past that's back here eating on you like Pac-Man? We've got to learn how to lay our past at the foot of the cross Put that on Jesus and walk ahead with the Holy Spirit on where he wants us to go. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. So guys, we have to actively press on. We have to be intentional about the way that we do that. I got a quote for you. We should pray as though everything depends on God and we should work as though everything depends on us. Amen? And praying for the Lord to guide our footsteps is ineffective unless we are willing to move our feet. Amen? So unless you get your feet moving, it ain't going to do a whole lot of good in the kingdom realm. We take a step of faith and God meets us right there. So and when I read in Matthew 28, 18, it says, go, go make disciples. It don't say sit on the couch and veg on TV. Or it don't say sit on the couch and play Xbox. It says go and make disciples. So there ain't no crowns in heaven for sitting on the couch, y'all. Ain't no crowns in heaven for not getting out there and doing the stuff. We get those crowns in heaven, and one day we hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant, because we're obedient and we go. We get out there, and we, even if we are afraid, we still go. Amen? 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11 in the Amplified. Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a, sp a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace. Faithfully using diverse and varied gifts and abilities granted to Christian by God's unmerited favor. Amen. So we have gifts there, y'all. It says, whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles or the utterances or the very words of God. So that's what I'm attempting to do today. I'm bringing you the word, and I'm, I'm bringing God's word to you. 
And that's what we're to do when we get up in this pulpit is we are to bring forth the word and encourage people to exercise their faith and take that word and be active with it. Amen. Whoever serves the congregation is to do so as one who serves by the strength which God abundantly supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified, honored, and magnified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. What he's saying here, y'all, is we got gifts. We've got talents. We've got abilities that were given by God for us to bless and to serve other people. Amen. We've got gifts. We've got to use them. So next little question, how do I recognize God's call for my life? I'd say we've got to be obedient to the last thing that God told us to do, number one. Number two, like Pastor Jay said, we've got to be available. You've got to be here and available to be used because God will use whoever's there, whoever's available. That's who he's going to use. We don't have to have all the talents and all the gifts and have all the perfect words. All we got to do is be available, like Pastor Jay said. And it's God's calling, y'all. That's the thing we got to remember. It's not our calling necessary. It is God's calling. He's the one who calls us while we're listening for his direction and his guidance. And we have to use those gifts because sometimes those gifts will drive you right out of your comfort zone. How many of you guys struggle with your comfort zone? How many of y'all are... Like the thought of getting up here and doing this would freak you plumb out. Well, guess what? It freaks me plumb out too. But like Miss Peggy said, uh, her mama, if you're scared, just do it scared. Come on. Can I have an amen to doing it scared? That's right. So yeah. Also, our calling is class closely tied to what we enjoy. So generally, what you enjoy doing, as long as it ain't in the sin category... That's where our calling generally is going to lie. So what gives us fulfillment and what brings us joy is where God's going to use us the most. The next thing to remember, we are so fickle sometimes and so quick to quit. Don't get discouraged if you don't get your calling right off the bat, okay? We, got, we can't give up and quit too early. Sometimes it takes a while for the plan of God to begin to unfold, we have to walk through a door, which leads us to another door, which leads us through another door. And then all of a sudden, we stumble right into our calling where God wanted us to be all the time. So don't give up. Lastly, you got to stay in the Word. Scott Dutton, you got to spend some T-I-M-E in the W-O-R-D. You feel me? you got to get in the Word, y'all. That's where the Lord will speak to you. And you got to stay alert and be watchful. Be watching what's going on. Be observant. Because if you ain't paying attention, you'll miss it. And God will use somebody else. Because he's going to get his work done in the earth. Whether we cooperate with him or whether he chooses somebody else. So lastly, how do I develop my flir and flourish in this calling? I'd say we need to ask for help from the Lord and from our mentors. Everybody in here got mentors, people you can go to, people that, that have helped you come along in your life? My mom's been a great mentor for me, you know. This woman's been doing ministry over 40 years. I've had a good model to follow, her and my dad. <clears throat> so, yeah, we got to pray for discernment. That's the ability to judge well with wisdom. You can make any old decisions out there, but you got to make sure 
you're making decisions with wisdom. Listen for direction from God and from other people. And pursue your calling with passion. My dad used to say, if you're going to do something, do it to 100%. Do it to the best of your ability. That stuck with me for a long time. If you're going to get involved and do something, make sure you do it to the glory of God. Amen. And give it your best effort. We follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we have to learn how to trust and obey him. That's an art. You know, you just don't stumble into that. That takes time. That takes experience. That takes him doing things in your life and him seeing the result. So we have to be able to follow the leading of the Spirit. And one thing I like to say is to be a catalyst. A catalyst is a person that causes change or increase or causes an event to happen quickly. Catalyst leaders bring out the best in people. They do that by encouraging people to, to try new things and look for potential in people. Sometimes a catalyst leader can see potential in someone that they can't see for themselves. And, you know, that's one of the gifts God's given me is being able to identify, pick out leaders and help raise them up, help give them an opportunity, a platform to use their gifts and their talents and their abilities. And it gives them confidence to spread their wings and get out of their comfort zone and go for it. How many of you guys just want to abandon everything and just go for it sometime? Let the chips fall where they may. Lord, I know you got my back. I'm just going to go on and do it, whether I'm scared or not. So now let's jump in. We need to partner with God to discover. Those were just kind of some questions about our calling. We're fixing to get into the meat of that right now. Partnering with God to discover your calling. First, we have to determine a starting point in our journey of discovering and living out our calling. Everything has a starting point, right? So we got to start somewhere. Start out by asking the Lord, Lord, who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I serve? We all have to start somewhere. I would say a good place to start is you better look at your life and know for sure that you've been born again. In John chapter 15, verse 16 it said, this is Jesus talking, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen and I have appointed you and placed you and purposely planted you so that you will go and bear fruit and keep on bearing and that your fruit will remain and be lasting so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name as a representative, he may give you. So guys, he's chosen us, he's appointed us, he's placed us, planted us to go and bear fruit. Amen? Amen? My goodness. I mean, he has spent some time praying about us, thinking about us, planning life out for us. You were chosen by God. Now we have to choose him. Jesus made the first choice. We can either accept him or we can reject him. And there is no gray area. You're either 100% saved or you're 100% lost. So you got to decide which one are you. Where do you want to spend eternity? The next thing we must do is we must redeem our past, confess our sins, repent, and go the other way to change our mind. That's something we need to do as believers every day. Sometimes we kind of get, oh, well, I'm good. I, I got the Lord and the Holy Spirit's in my life. Now I can not get my life right, so to speak. We, we, we tend to overcover over our sin and not identify it, not repent of it, not get it corrected in our lives. 
You can't grow if you don't go through that process on a daily basis. Ask for forgiveness. Make a clean break with sin and ask for a fresh new filling of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18, it is a command of the Lord to be continually filled. It ain't a one-time event, y'all, at salvation. I got saved. The Holy Spirit come to live on the inside of me. I'm good. No, you're not. I mean, you're good for salvation, but you need that filling from the Holy Spirit. You need him to move in your life and do those things. So different tasks and different situations require a fresh Holy Spirit anointing to fulfill our calling, but we have to ask him. It's like for me to get ready to come up here today, there ain't no way I can do this in my own power. There's no way that I know the Bible or, or have enough Holy Spirit wisdom to be able to do this without him. So I ask the Lord, fill me, Lord, for the fresh new filling of your spirit for this purpose, to get up here and be able to portray your word where people can grab a hold of it and apply it to their lives and it make a difference. I want you still thinking about what I said today, next Friday. You hear me? I don't want this to be, well, what did he preach on today? I don't even remember what he said. When I get through, I want you to know every day what I said. You know what I'm saying? Because I spent two months getting ready for this. <laughs> Amen. I want y'all to get the full load. <laughs> we pray for clarity, creativity, and motivation. And ask the Spirit for guidance because He will speak to you. Secondly, allow yourself to envision a God-sized calling. You don't need no little calling about this big. You want a God-sized calling. You know, we forget that God has the world in the palm of his hand. We think he's about this much bigger than us, you know. No, we're talking about the God of the universe. He is on our side. I mean, he's the Holy Spirit's living on the inside. The God of the universe lives in here. He's giving you wisdom and guidance, discernment, gifts. Everything you need is here. What y'all waiting on? <laughs> I'm finna get fired up in here whether y'all do or not. <laughs> Woo! So it takes some time for it to develop sometimes. You know, we set goals for ourselves. Staying in the Word, praying for wisdom. Join a serve team. If you don't really know what your calling is, just jump in somewhere and serve. Hey, you'll find out, man, maybe this is it. Or God may lead you in another direction to another team. But as long as you're serving and giving your gifts away to him, then you're fulfilling the calling he's got on your life. Amen? Amen. Now, if that don't make you confident, I don't know what will. <laughs> Ephesians 1.18. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, and the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, which is God's people, so that you will begin to know the immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. So guys, I mean, now if that right there don't uh, get you on fire, your wood's wet. Amen? I mean, that right there gives us everything we need to go 
and fulfill our calling and do everything he called us to do. Don't think small and limit God, y'all. He has no limitations. He has a bigger plan for your life and my life than we know. So just jump in there and see where it takes you. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So if God identifies you as somebody he's going to send a call to your life, you can't run from it. You will be miserable as long as you run from it because they don't call the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven for nothing. He will track you down. He will chase you down. And he will, he will continue to bring conviction on your life until you're obedient to what he calls you to do. Amen? Your calling is irrevocable. you got to walk in it. The only hindrance that we have is ourselves. God is waiting on us. He's given us everything that we need to walk in our calling. So, guys, we have the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And we got our brothers and our sisters in Christ to answer the call of God that's on our lives. We are God's only hope for spreading the gospel on the earth. We're it. We've got to assume that responsibility. We are his chosen method for bringing salvation to the world. We are it. So what are we waiting for? In Acts 1.8, there's your verse, boy. <laughs> but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And that means to tell people in Strong, Parker's Chapel, Junction City, Smackover, Magnolia, El Dorado, every, every little township that's a part of our county in Union County, in every county that touches it. Pastor, we're going to do what? We're going to make it hard to go to hell in Union County. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. He's waiting on us. So the power we receive from the Holy Spirit is courage, it's boldness, it's confidence, it's insight, ability, and authority. We need all of these to pursue our calling, y'all. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can experience all. Everybody say all. All. You can experience all the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So who in here is ready for revival? Amen? Are y'all waiting to see revival come here? You realize revival starts with us, right? It ain't out there floating around just waiting to drop in here. It starts in here, in our hearts, in our prayer times. It starts in here, in our worship. It starts in here, as we're out in the highways and byways, talking about what God's doing in our church and sharing it on media, social media. That's where it starts, y'all. So who in here is fired up now? Everybody fired up now. We're fixing to go make a difference in our county, right? So we got to learn to make good decisions with God's will and his gifts. I got another quote for you. Standing in the middle of the road is very dangerous. You'll get knocked down by traffic on both sides. So we got to totally surrender our decisions to God and not straddle the fence. That's what I'm trying to say. You can't be, 
a born-again believer on Sunday, and then Monday through Saturday, you're going to live like hell. No, that ain't what he's calling us to do. He wants our devotion every day. He wants us being serious about our relationship with him and, and tell people about him out there in the, in, in the highways and the byways and on your job and at the gym and wherever you are. So we must totally surrender our decisions to God and not straddle the fence. We got to be real all the time. We can't be double-minded because the Bible says that we'll be unstable in all our ways. So the best decisions, our best decisions reflect our values. If you're a Christian, every decision should be a Christian decision. We should choose to glorify God in each decision that we make. Remember, if you're saved and you got the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, he goes. So if you're someplace you ought not to be, you better get the heck out of there. You hear me? <laughs> Because he's telling you, you better get out of here. You don't belong here. Unless you're there to do business for him. And that's share the gospel. That's the only reason why you need to be in one of them places of ill repute or whatever you say. You just stay away from there unless you're there to witness. And there's a bunch of them places around. You ain't got to look hard. They're everywhere. Our best decisions are birthed in an atmosphere of prayer. God is our partner we must consider him in all things, and the Holy Spirit will guide us. I want to read Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall and go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. So our best decisions come from the wisdom of others. A lot of times, we just need to get some godly counsel. And guys, when I say godly counsel, always counsel up. If you don't know what that means, don't go to somebody that's going to agree with you and tell you, oh, I'd have told them this and this and this, and I'd have done that. No, you need somebody that will look you straight in the face and say, you're wrong. You need to back up a minute, and you need to pray about this. And if somebody don't really love you, if they won't tell you the truth, if they're going to agree with you and let you just run off at the mouth, that ain't the people you need to be talking to. You need to be talking to people that will look you in the eye and lovingly tell you you're wrong. You need to rethink that. That's what love really looks like. So our best decisions come from the wisdom of others, the godly counsel. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to counsel, receive instruction, accept correction, and you will be wise in your future. That's good counsel right there. I mean, nobody wants to run around and be a fool, do they? Bible got lots to say about a fool. You can read in Proverbs. He talks all about the fool. We don't want to be the fool. Our best decisions take time. We got to marinate on things. That's my favorite word. Somebody says, well, what do you think about this? I got to marinate on it a little bit. That means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift it up and give it to the Lord. I'm going to spend time thinking about it, praying about it. I'm going to get some counsel from some people and get their ideas on it. You know, we've, you know wisdom is in the counsel of many. <clears throat> so our best decisions, they do take time. Sometimes it takes time for it to all unfold. And our best decisions are committed to God. Keep him at the forefront of every decision. If we trust in him, then he will guide us into our best life, which is his will for our life. Matthew 11, in verse 28 through 30, come to me, all who are weary heavily burdened by religious rituals, no offense, that, that uh, provide no peace. 
and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, following me as my disciple. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest, renewal, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. So if you're on the struggle bus, you need to get you some more Jesus in your life. Because it says right here that he will bring renewal and blessed quiet and that his yoke is easy to bear. So if you're struggling in life, and no, 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 everything ain't going to go great every day. But if your habitual state is struggle, you really need to spend some time with the Lord and ask him what's going on there. Because God wants to bless our life. Satan's there to kill, steal, and destroy from us. So something ain't adding up if we're in a struggle all the time. So our best decisions are committed to God. We keep him at the forefront of all that. So next, we're going to take prayerful action. Ask, seek, and knock. In Matthew 7, 7 through 12, and in Luke 11, 9 through 10, Jesus is teaching us about the persistence in prayer and not giving up too soon. Knowing God takes faith and focus and follow through. Being persistent does more to change our hearts and our minds than it does his, like we're going to change God's mind about something. I know we can through prayer, but for the most part, it's us that needs a mind change. So it also helps us to better recognize God at work and for better understand and be able to express our need if that answered prayer takes a while. Because as we pray, we hear from him, we may adjust our prayer a little or, you know, it, it just helps us to see it from a different perspective sometimes. So make a practice of fasting and prayer. In Acts 13.2 and 14.23, it talks about fasting before we make very important decisions. And I think pursuing your calling is a pretty important decision. So we want to get God's input in that. And fasting is where you nourish your spirit and you starve your flesh. Fasting helps us detach from the world while we reattach ourselves to God. And we deny ourselves something like food to feast on the things of God. So while we're, you know, if you just don't do without food and you're not praying and worshiping and spending time with him, you're just on a diet. You know, it's all about the time with God. <laughs> so... There's a whole lot better ways to spend your time than just dieting. You know what I mean? I've been doing that my whole life, and I ain't got much where. Yeah, maybe I need to seek the Lord about that a little stronger. So get counsel and prayer from other believers. Talk to someone you see that is walking out their calling, like Billy and Janice Riggs. Where y'all at? Billy and Janice, y'all around? There you go. Stand up. Come on. These two right here. <clears throat> I can't say enough about, man. They lead our guest services. They are leading the greeting team. They're the ones, that's the first people that people see when they come in there. They are pouring vision into these people, teaching them how to pray, teaching them how to greet people, teaching them how to love on people. And that's just a side gig for them. They also are doing the community group leaders. They're the most productive leaders we have in the church. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> throat> 
their first, their first group had like 26 people there. And they may have had a dip or two in the, in the meantime of the 12-week period, but most every group, they were around between 24 to 26 people. I want to give them a standing ovation. That's awesome. When I grow up, I want to be like them. <laughs> yeah, they're killing it, man, I tell you. So they're a great model for somebody that's struggling. If you want to walk, talk to somebody that's walking out and fulfilling their calling, ring them up. If I was in y'all and I wasn't in a community group, I'd go to theirs. <laughs> they do a great job. Identifying and overcoming any calling blockers in your life. Fear, money, busyness, negative thinking, distractions, childhood wounds, isolation from others. You ever ran into naysayers? Ah, oh, you ain't gonna be able to do that. Ah, oh, I am. Stay away from those people. Negative people. Listening to the voice of the enemy. These are all calling killers. These are all. The enemy will send stumbling blocks and roadblocks to discourage us. To bind us up and make us ineffective and stuck in neutral. Oh, I got a quote for y'all. Y'all gonna love this one. There is an eagle in me that wants to soar. There's also a hippopotamus in me that wants to wallow in the mud. <laughs> Which one are you gonna be today? <laughs> That's our choice, y'all. We can soar with the eagles or we can wallow in the mud. It's your choice. We can be trapped by our comfort zones they are made up of people, places, and things, and habits that we're used to and that we're comfortable with. Most of us, if we think we're going to have to get outside of the familiar, we freak out. I mean, we are just like panicked, big-eyed, deer in the headlights. Discovering and living out your calling is an adventure that requires risk. Everybody say risk. risk. Yes, risk. That's a good word. Because the Holy Spirit will push you right out of your comfort zone. He'll put you in situations where you got to witness or pray to somebody. You don't have to, but you miss your opportunity. He'll use somebody else when you do that. So take advantage of those risks and those opportunities when you know the Holy Spirit's saying, there he is. I've been setting him up for you. All you got to do is go talk to him. And here we are. Scared to death. They're going to bite you. What are they going to say? You know how many times I've asked somebody, can I pray for you? You know how many times somebody said no? Naren. Never. People need prayer. They want prayer. So don't be afraid. You're bringing the good news. Responding to God's call to fulfill your mission in life, he will definitely send you outside of your comfort zone. Jesus constantly leads us out of our familiar lives for the unfamiliar life of following him. So I got four, about three scriptures here that if you're fearful, intimidated, or anxious, you need to memorize these and quote them all day long. Every time you get fearful, just quote them. Write them down. There's Isaiah 41.10, Joshua 1.9, and Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Just good things to have in your back pocket when the enemy starts trying to attack you. Because we don't have anything to fear when we've got God in our life and the Holy Spirit inside of us. We don't have nothing to fear. The enemy has no right to you. The enemy has no authority in your life other than what you give over to him. Amen. Amen. We sitting here thinking he's this big, enormous bully that can beat us up all the time. Oh, no. That ain't, that ain't, 
He don't know my God because my God will kick him, drop kick him right off the stage. He ain't going to have no authority. Pursue your calling with passion and with purpose. Does everyone here know our vision at one community? Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. If you'll look at it, your calling, these things are wrapped up in your calling. This is all wrapped up in your calling. First, we got to know God. Like I talked about a while ago, you got to get your salvation right. You got to know that you know him. Next, we find freedom. What was we talking about a while ago where we repent and we clean our lives up. We ask the Lord to forgive us for those things and we get free from that stuff that's been holding us back. Then we discover our purpose. Uh, that's when we start getting in. We're serving somewhere. We're helping people. We're learning how to bless people. And then once you find out where your spot is, make a difference. That's what we're talking about in calling, y'all. Our purpose is general. It's about what we're doing. And there, it's a thing that we're all very well designed to do. But calling is about who. It's very specific. It's very personal. It's not only about who calls you, but to who and for whom are you called? And with whom are you called to serve and to work? It's all about who. Who you called to bless, who you called to serve, who you called to minister to, who you called to minister with. It's personal. Calling is very personal. It is the place God intends to you to live out your purpose at a given time with a specific group of people for a specific reason. Now, you really believe you're here by chance? I don't think so. When God called you to live out your calling for a specific time with a specific group of people for a specific reason. That don't sound like chance to me, y'all. Our gifting connects us to God's power. He wants to use us to do the miraculous. We are his hands and feet in the earth. Our lives are lived forward, but they're understood backwards sometimes because sometimes we can't see where we've been until we see, sometimes we can't see where we're headed until we see how and where we've been. So sometimes we have to look at our life in reverse to see where we need to go from here. Our passion directs our lives with God's precision and his purpose. In Ephesians 4.11, we're talking about gifts. God has given some gifts to the church. They're apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. Why are they here? They are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So what I'm doing today is equipping the saints for the work of ministry. My goal is when I leave out of here today, y'all can take the things we talked about today out there and put that to use. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. It don't say I'm equipping the pastor so he can do all the work. It says the saints, he is here, they're here to equip us and show us how to go do the work, y'all. So don't ever let that come out of your mouth. Well, the pastor ain't doing that, right. Bulloney. That's our job. That's our job. Amen. You owe me one, Pastor Jay. <laughs> so God has given these gifts to the church. Some to be apostles and prophets and pastors. Some are lead groups. Some are to uh, be a greeter. Some are to work at the children's ministry. We need people everywhere exercising their gifts. 
Each one of us has been given gifts. We all have a role to play here. Every one of us have a role to play in, in this thing we call church. So in your calling could lead you to fulfill one of these roles. I mean, where do you think these people came from? They didn't drop out of the sky. They started coming to church. They got saved. Next thing you know, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, they start serving. Next thing you know, they're out here. They're, they're, the Holy Spirit's filling them up and pursuing their calling. Next thing you know, God calls them into the ministry. Next thing you know, they're preaching or we send them out to start a church. Or That's how, that's how it happens, y'all. It starts right here. It starts right here with salvation. Amen. So guys, one of the things that we're doing here is we are raising up leaders inside of our church. We're raising up leadership in every serve ministry we have. The children's area, we're raising up leaders there. The greeters, we're raising up leaders there. Hospitality, we're raising up leaders there. Community groups, freedom groups, praise team, we're raising up leaders wherever we are and what we're doing. I got to do a shout out to my partners back there. Jason, Courtney, y'all got to stand up. These two right here, I told Pastor Jay last semester. I told Pastor Jay last semester, I said, I want to take the Sneeds and I'm going to turn them into leaders. He's like, what? I said, they're going to be in my group next time. And, and I, I said, y'all want to be our co-leaders? Well, yeah. Dude, they are killing it. They're leading the group. They act like they've been doing this their whole life. I said, all right, next semester, y'all going to take a couple and start a group on your own? You got it. Amen. That's what we're doing, y'all. We're raising up leaders. Thank y'all. Awesome. So do you know what your passion is in life? What fuels you? We got to run toward the things of God in our lives, y'all. Sometimes you have to run into danger or the battle, you know? Um, don't be wimpy and don't be afraid and don't be scared. Just run right in there and do what God's called you to do. Get involved. Don't live your life from the bleachers. Get in the game, y'all. Ain't, there ain't no trophies for riding the pine. You got to get in the game. <laughs> so, Yes. Calling is what gives your story gifting, passion, and purpose. I want to talk to my mom. Can you stand up, mom? This is my mom. Y'all give her a hand. So she's, uh, she's going to be mad at me. She turns 85 her next birthday. But I say all that to say this lady still leads in Celebrate Recovery still speaks at women's encounters and retreats and women's events, still goes to home group every home group, still counsels people, still teaches. She's doing all that at 85 years old. That's what our calling looks like right there. So what keeps us going when we want to stop? What keeps us moving when life gets hard? And when life gets full of struggle, I had a military friend of mine, y'all don't get mad at me, but he used to say, life is hard, embrace the suck. 
Because it does. Life just does hard sometimes, you know. And you just got to roll up your bootstraps and go right in there and keep, keep doing the stuff, you know. But it's calling that keeps us there. It's calling that says, I won't quit. Probably going to cry. <clears throat> we have to constantly overcome and know that it will be a fight a lot of days. But who is our deliverer? God is our deliverer, y'all. He's going to give us everything we need to come through it. And he's going to give you plenty of people to gather around you to hold your arms up while you're going through it. That's the importance of a community group. When life gets tough, those people are there. When life becomes a struggle, those people are there. When there's a death in the family, those people are there. When there's a baby being born, there are people are there. When there's somebody who has to have surgery, there's people there with meals taking care of them. That's what community group is. If you're not in one, I want to encourage you. I can't say enough about getting in a community group and letting your life become being used with other people and giving your gifts away to others and receiving gifts from others as far as help and prayer and encouragement. That's where it's at, y'all. And we're working really hard to get our groups smaller because right now our groups are pretty large and it's hard to get a lot accomplished with a lot of people in one group. But the more leaders like Jason and Courtney that stand up and say, I'll lead, the smaller our groups can get and they can become a lot more intimate and when they become more intimate, man, you become a powerful team that the Lord can use. You hear me? So, man, I just cannot tell you enough about community groups. This group right here, they came from Whitehall to be a part of today. They all go to community groups. They've every one of them been home group leaders and either are today or in their past. And they serve in ministries all over at our old church. But they're here today because they wanted to support our church and be my cheerleading team this morning. Amen. Amen. But community groups, y'all, that's where it's at. So we, who we are is God's gift to us. Who we become is our gift to God. What you going to do with that? So walking out your calling, our purpose is loving God and loving people and making disciples and bringing people into a relationship with Jesus. These are all general in nature because we all should be doing this. Every one of us should be doing this, not just the leaders or not just the pastoral team. Every one of us should be doing the purpose and the vision. And our calling is very specific. It's how do you love God and love people? How do you make disciples? How do you present the gospel? Maybe your calling is working with young kids, the youth, the children's area. Maybe it's working with the elderly. Maybe it's visiting nursing homes. Maybe it's being a part of the praise team, the band, the media, what all that entails. Leading a community group, leading a Bible study at your work. Just follow the leading of the Spirit and get involved and go do something with your faith. Let me share what I get to do every day. So I travel to four different locations 
uh, that we have at our workplace. And there's probably five or six groups of people. When I say groups, some of them could have 15, 20 people at that location. But I get to go and be a part of these folks' lives every day. I'm the operations manager, so I oversee all of them. But I get to be their biggest cheerleader. I get to be their biggest fan. I get to be their pastor at work. And my boss is like, you got full reign to do anything the Lord wants you to do at work. If you want to stop and pray for people, you pray for them. If you want to lay hands on them, whatever God calls you to do, you do it, and you're fine with me. Man, you're talking about an opportunity that you don't get in today's age in your workplace. I get to do that every day of my life. And, man, I'm seeing guys really become closer to the Lord. I mean, I'm praying with them. I've seen them all start to come to go. They don't come to this church, but they're going to a church. Amen? That's the, that's the, that's the main thing. Let them go make a difference in their church. That's the way of the body of Christ, y'all. So I get to share my life with them. I get to put vision into them and purpose into them every day. I get to raise up leaders. And uh, this is my calling. That's my ministry is I get to go raise up leadership on the job. And then I get to come here and I get to help raise up leadership in the church. That's just a gifting and an anointing the Lord has given me to be able to do that. So uh, what's standing in your way today? What's keeping you from being what God's called you to be at your workplace or called you to be here at the church. Guys, the time is short, and we're in the last of the last days. So do you know for sure that you have made Jesus the Lord of your life today? Do you know for sure? Because I don't want to leave out of here without you having the opportunity here at the end of this service to come down and be prayed for, surrender your heart to Jesus, and make him Lord of your life making him Lord of your life. A lot of people can pray a prayer and confess, and oh, I need Jesus, but they don't make him Lord of their life. You don't get salvation unless he becomes Lord of your life. Amen? Time is short, y'all. Most of us will face the the white throne judgment one day. That's when it's decided whether you're going to be in heaven or you're going to be in hell. If your name's in the Lamb's book of life, You'll have to face that one day. And you can miss this terrible day, and it's going to be a terrible day if you don't know Jesus because you're going to go to hell. And that's eternal, and it's forever. And you could have chosen not to do that. But we all have an opportunity to make a choice. Choosing to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, that's where it's at, y'all. The rest of us, we will face what's called the judgment seat of Christ. It's where we will be held accountable for the life that we lived here on this earth as a believer. That means one day we're going to have to face Jesus and he's going to say, what did you do with that opportunity when I put those people right in front of you? What did you do when uh, I gave you the opportunity to share your faith? What did you do here? What did you do there? And he's going to look at all those things and we're going to see if whether we'll get crowns in heaven or whether all of our works will be burned up and you won't have anything to show for it. That day won't be a day where you decide whether you're going to heaven or hell. That's going to be like an awards assembly when all the believers will be there. And everybody's going to be getting crowns for what they did on the earth, leading people to Christ and praying with people and sharing their faith. You don't want to be the guy that gets up there, well, this one burns up, this one burns up, this one burns up, and you got nothing to show because I was scared. 
or I was prideful, or I was lazy, or I was whatever your excuse is for not being obedient to God. Those are the two judgments that we'll face one day. Amen. I don't enjoy talking like that because that's pretty serious business right there, y'all. So he will ask us, do you have fruit that remains or will all your works be burned up? And uh, there's a scripture here, last scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 9. Test yourselves to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, then do something about it. So, guys, we, we got to look into the mirror every day of our lives and take an honest assessment of our lives. Lord, am I honoring you with the things that I say? Am I honoring you with the things that I do? Am I being obedient? Did I pass the test, Lord? Did I pass the test? We got to do that every day. Every Tuesday night, another ministry that I do, I get to meet with a group of guys, and we do this verse right here. Holding each other accountable, evangelizing our community, all the way from Watson, Arkansas, to DeWitt, to Stuttgart, to El Dorado, we meet and we do encounter retreats. Brian, you've been there? Powerful time in your life. 14 areas of a man's life we look at. But guys, we're meeting. These guys, we're from diverse from all these different churches, but we're meeting to do this very thing. And that's what we do in community groups here also. Raise up leaders, evangelize our city, and go and make disciples. So today, I'd like to call the prayer team up. I want to give you the opportunity today, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, time is short, y'all. There ain't nothing keeping Jesus from coming back right now. Nothing. So I want y'all to, anybody that needs to do business with the Lord and ask Him into your heart and make Him Lord of your life, come up here. The other group of people that I'd like to come is if you would like to be prayed for, for the Holy Spirit to fill you up and show you, begin to show you where your calling is, we're going to pray for people today that the Holy Spirit can show you where to start to find your calling. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.